continue to pay tribute to the ultimate tribute to Jesus Christ. And uh, this morning I want to look in the book of Corinthians. And first let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 5 and then we'll turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. So I'm going to ask you to stand in God's honor when you find that text. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 5. For we do not preach ourselves but Jesus Christ is Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. And then turn with me back over to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. So we're going to read verses 23 through 26. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's pray. Master, thank you for a day to remember. Father, as we have remembered uh, young people we've watched grow up and uh, Father Ray to enter a new phase. And Father, as we remember the great sacrifice of uh, Billy and, and many others, Lord, who died for a cause they firmly believed in. And Father, as we think of a God who chose to die for us, how can we not be moved to deep emotion, Lord? And I I just pray that as we prepare our hearts to partake of the Lord's Supper together, Father, in the next few minutes, help us stop and, Father, to consider what it means. In your name we pray. Amen. As far as mottos go, I think 2 Corinthians 4 5 is should be the heart of a preacher. It actually should be the heart of any believer. Hey, we, we don't preach ourselves. This is not elevating me or elevating you. But we preach Jesus Christ as Lord. He is King of Kings. He's Lord of Lords. And He is the focus. Guys, His sacrifice, His perfect love gave us hope. That's what we memorialize is that kind of love that was shown to us by way of an old rugged cross by the only one who could pay the price. And of course, I'm talking about Jesus Christ. And ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. It is as a love sacrifice back to Him to serve Him and to serve one another. And, and all that comes together in the Lord's Supper. And, and we're called to connect to God. We're called to a relationship with Him through Jesus Christ. We're called to identify. And in the church, there are two ordinances that we use to identify with Jesus. The first uh, is baptism. 
Turn me to Romans chapter 6, just one single verse. Romans 6, verse 4. We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. As he talks about this picture of baptism, buried with Him. As we enter the baptismal waters and you go under the water, it is to symbolize death to a life where God is absent, to a life where we are headed to separation from God. And we describe that as hell. We describe that as eternal condemnation. But, but that is the fate of those until God steps in. It, it, it's, it's where we're headed until the, the message of Jesus Christ is realized that His sacrifice is perfect, buried with Him through baptism, and, and then raised to newness of life, to the glory of God the Father. That picture of, of baptism identifies us with Christ. We were dead, now we're alive. And as we come together, we proclaim that. It is through His death that we have life. He makes all the difference. Baptism doesn't save you. But baptism is that first step of obedience that shows everyone around you that you're new. That God has saved you and forgiven you and and made you a new person, a new creation. Hey, it matters. You don't have to baptize to be saved. But it's hard for me to take seriously your claim that you're walking with God when you've refused to take the first step to be baptized. So if you haven't been baptized, but you've made an initial commitment to Christ and asked Him into your heart, I, I plead with you, follow that through. Put that in concrete by baptism, by saying, Jesus, I, I, I preach not myself, but you as Lord. And then I want to show everybody else, because that's what baptism is about. It's that first act of obedience to say, I really am identifying with Jesus. He really is my Lord. He really is my Savior. He's my hope. But the second one, the second sacrament ordinance is what we're experiencing today. And we call it communion, the Lord's table, the Lord's supper. And I just want to spend just a few minutes looking at a couple of points before we share that together. First, in verse 24, it's a requirement. It's not a suggestion, but a commandment. Verse 24, it says, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He said, Do this. He didn't say, think about this. He didn't say, consider this. He said, do this. We're not told how often to do it, but we're told to do it. That we are to remember Him, and and that this is to be an act that continues to prove our faith and that we identify with Jesus Christ. That's what we're to do. And and, uh, there are basically two reasons why we choose not to do it. Number one, we don't understand the significance of His death. 
hey, when was the last time you stopped and really thought about what Calvary means? When was the last time you stopped and thought about God did what you never could do? We couldn't pay the price, so He decided He would do that. That's what the cross is about. It's about us trying to reach God, but being inadequate in God coming to us and doing what we could never do. Dying on a cross that we might find forgiveness. And so that first one is just not realizing what it means, church. And as we come together and, and as we're moved, as we think about Billy D. Harris, you know, in France, or we think about that sacrifice, how can we not think of the greatest sacrifice of all, Jesus Christ on the cross? And, and it should move us to share the Lord's Supper. And, and the second reason, not only that, the second reason is we don't want to be a hypocrite. We don't want to repent. We're not walking with God and, and we don't want to partake of the Lord's Supper because we know He's doing business with us and we just are rebellious and say, no, not now, later. Once I get it together, then I'll come back to the Lord's table. Don't do that. The call here is not, not to partake of the Lord's Supper, but to partake. But as we do that, look down to, at verse 28 here in the text. He, he says... a. Man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks from the cup. And what he is saying here is that we should stop and we should consider where we are. Is there an area that needs to be given to him as we partake of the Lord's Supper together? Do we need to stop and remember vividly the fact that we're saved? That, that we don't have to worry about God rejecting us because He received Jesus' sacrifice completely. Now, next I want to look at the reason. The reason we have the Lord's Supper. Look at verse 26. It says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till He comes. What we proclaim is Jesus Christ. But, uh, chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Turn me there real briefly here. Uh, verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. What do you mean you, you worship one who is dead? No, we worship the fact that he did die and he had a particular reason for death, but now he's alive, he's resurrected. And then chapter 2, verse 2. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Paul says, I came to you in weakness and fear with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. A power that came as a result of the cross. Hey, that's the reason we come for the Lord's Supper, because His death gave us life. It secured life. Secured life. All right, one more here. The reminder in verses 24 and 25 here. 
twice uh, as he talks about the bread, his, his body. It says, do this in remembrance of me. And then he speaks of the cup, the covenant in his blood. He says, do this in remembrance of me. Hey, this day uh, in the life of our nation, it was called Decoration Day for many years. As people would go to the graves and they would come with flowers. And, and it was a time to pay tribute to that loved one who had given his life as a sacrifice for his land and for his country. And, and for us, the Lord's Supper is a time for us to come and to pay tribute as we partake of the of the cup as we partake of, of the bread. We're remembering Jesus and we're remembering His death and we're paying tribute and honor to Him. And, and, and it's, it's an emotional time and, and a meaningful time to remember. To remember. Uh, and then two more here. The next one is relationship. Notice in verse 25, he, he talks about... Um, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. He made it possible for us to come into right agreement with God. Jesus Christ and His work at Calvary, when we believe upon Him and receive His finished work, the Bible says we become friends with God. We are no longer enemies. Man, there's a verse in, I think it's Ephesians 2, 3, that we're, it says before Christ we were objects of wrath. But now, there's been a bridge that has brought us into relationship with God. He, he took us in as family. We, we, we talk about this time of year, emotional time, where many families get together and they have their barbecues and cookouts and all that. Well, we're family with God. Listen to 1 John 1, verse 3. He says, That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And the, the Trinity is spoken of there, the Father and, and, and the Son. And, and then the Holy Spirit that brings it all together and awakens us. It's all for, for that close-knit fellowship, koinonia, that, that comes. And the Lord's Supper signifies that. As we share with one another, God is there. God is part of that worship and part of that ordinance that comes. And one last one here as we prepare our hearts for the Lord's table. And that is the word respect. This is to be done with respect. Respect to God. Respect to one another. As we share our hearts. Uh, in verses 17 through 22. I won't read those verses. But basically Paul is speaking. He's saying because of some disagreements. People were misbehaving. And, and they were not coming together to focus upon the Lord. But they were mad at each other. And there was bickering. And, and just bad attitudes. And he basically says don't do that. It dishonors God. And, and dishonors his church to do that. And in verse 27, he says, Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. He says, This is a time to examine your hearts. 
to make sure that you have things right with God and with one another. I remember a, a pastor telling me one time, and I've never forgotten it. He used the example of Jesus hanging on the cross. And he said, you know, in order to fellowship, in order to do anything between believers, you go through Christ. Because that's how we go to God is through Christ. And so when I'm hateful to one of you, I have to go through Christ to be hateful to you. The same as when I show love to you, I go through Christ to show love to you. And think about that. When we're mean to one another, guys, we're being hateful toward Jesus and toward God. And it's dishonor and it's disrespect. And as we partake of the Lord's Supper, that, that needs to be dealt with. Right where we are, we need to bow our hearts and say, okay, God, is there any business that needs to be taken care of so that when we partake of this, we're doing it with a heart that's right, that's clean before the living God? Is that how we're partaking of the Lord's Supper with that type of respect that He calls us to? And so, I just want to encourage you. We're going to take just a couple moments of silence. I'm going to ask the deacons to go ahead and be coming up um, as we prepare the Lord's table. But you be preparing your heart quietly where you are. Be praying to the Lord to be ready to share this wonderful ordinance that remembers His death.